everybody, and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri. I'm joined by Taylor Wells. Taylor, I know you're feeling good. I'm feeling good. We got a new Zelda game coming our way. Yes, this is a very special midweek edition of the Champions Cast where uh, Taylor and myself are getting together on an emergency Wednesday basis. So uh, it's probably going to be really late Wednesday night, by the time that you're hearing this, maybe even Thursday in the uh, in the wee hours of the night. Uh, so what better way to spend your Valentine's Day than with Taylor and I? On a scale of 1 to 10, what are you at right now, bud? Oh, dude, I am beyond a scale right now. I, You know, I've been saying it for, what, like 12 episodes of the Champions cast now that we were getting Link's Awakening. Uh remake originally i was saying was the 3ds but then like when we started talking about it i agreed 3ds is kind of sort of dying out so we moved to the switch and lo and behold here it is and i couldn't be happier man i really couldn't um so i guess before we dive into everything that we're going to talk about and obviously we're going to talk a lot about Link's awakening uh, and we are going to talk a lot about pretty much everything that we saw in the Nintendo Direct. Um, I do want to make one thing kind of clear. Like I said, we're doing a midweek version of the Champions Cast, which means that if you're listening to this, there will not be a new episode on Monday. That's when our episodes usually drop. Um, and this is going to be a little bit of a rougher cut. We're throwing it together. Obviously, we wanted to uh, to get our thoughts out there while they're fresh and while the adrenaline is still flowing. Um, so... We might, this might not have the uh, the amount of polish that some of our episodes um, usually do. There's usually a lot of work that go into making them, but man, I just didn't want to wait. I just I wanted to talk about Link's Awakening and every other thing that we saw in that direct because that was actually a, an incredibly solid direct. I would totally agree. I think you know it's sometimes it's good just to get out ahead of the news instead of you know just kind of letting it lie. Ab- absolutely. Um, and so I guess. Uh, I guess I'm going to let you beat me up here a little bit because uh, it was uh, it was only a couple weeks ago that we were talking about Link's Reawakening, as was kind of our code name for this um, rumored remake at the time, and Skyward Sword HD, and I said it was, it was far more likely that we get Skyward Sword HD because I wasn't sure about pricing on the Switch for that kind of a game versus a Breath of the Wild kind of game, but lo and behold... Obviously, Skyward Sword HD is not coming out in 2019, so I'm going to eat my words, eat some crow, Taylor. You were right. Yeah, well, I'm not really one to rub it in too much, but damn, does it feel good to be right for once. <laughs> Keywords for once. <laughs> um, but you know what? That being said, damn it, I'm, I am just, I couldn't be happier to be wrong. So I, I will gladly... I'll gladly admit that I was wrong, and uh, I am just incredibly excited for for Link's Awakening. Um, let's let's talk about, and we're going to get into detailed thoughts about Link's Awakening a little bit later. We're going to break down the Nintendo Direct in kind of chronological order here. Let's just talk about one thing that I thought was odd here, Taylor. It's just called Link's Awakening. Yeah, that did... St- that struck me as odd as well. Like I, they, it seems like they missed a perfectly good opportunity here. And for what it's worth, like every single remake we've had so far has had some type of, you know, addition to distinguishing, it. yeah, like name or feature, like Ocarina of Time 3D or Wind Waker HD or even Link's Awakening DX the first time it was remade. So, yeah, it does seem weird that they. Uh, that they just named it Link's Awakening. Yeah, it's so I weird. I really liked Reawakening. Well, I, I like that name. Maybe it's because they wanted to avoid the whole, well, we've already come out with a Link's Awakening kind of sort of update, and we called it Link's Awakening DX, so what are we going to call it now? But I some for some reason that doesn't strike me as... You know what, though? Like, even Link's Awakening DX was... I mean, that, that game came out 20 years ago. You know, almost people have probably forgot that that's not the definitive edition. Yeah, I don't know. It, it seemed weird to me. I, I mean, it was one thing that I noticed. Well, to be fair, like you know, the the deluxe upgrade, it 
it wasn't really so much a remake as it was just like an additional thing. They came out with it. They added a couple of stuff like the color dungeon and as well as actually having the entire thing be in color. But yeah. You know, it, it like it wasn't kind of, it wasn't like the difference between say Majora's Mask and then Majora's Mask 3DS. Right. Um yeah, so I guess uh and correct the me other if I'm thing wrong, that I noticed they came out a year apart from each other, right? Like Link's Awakening what, came out and then a year later the Game Boy Color came out and then Link's Awakening DX came out or um uh, there no there was a little bit more of a gap um Link's Awakening came out in 93 and I want to say that 95 DX was... came out in 90 95 no, it was 96. it was late 90s for sure okay um there there was 99 I could have out. I could be off by a year or two but th- there was a little bit of a gap between them yeah yeah okay yeah um here's here's one thing I noticed they they have the Breath of the Wild font in the title. I noticed that too. And, and also in the release date when they were saying, oh, 2019. So that that was... I, I'm curious as to why... Is that just going to be how the formatting of titles is going to be from now on, including in future Zelda titles? Or is that just because we're pairing Link's Awakening's release with, um, with, uh, uh, with Breath of the Wild? Yeah, I don't know. It... it I mean, it's not a good thing. It's not a bad thing. It was just something that I noticed. I thought it was neat. I actually, uh, I think the font is called like, it's called something of the wild, and I downloaded it to uh, to make some pretty slick uh, paint MS Paint pictures for ZeldaDungeon.net. But uh, yeah, it was just it was something that I noticed, and they have the little palm trees in the in the far right of that logo, which I thought looked just really cool, and it looked very appropriate. So um, it was a nice little update. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I want to talk about uh, Link's Awakening, of, of course, a bit more. But Taylor, we got a Nintendo Direct to break down here, buddy. Um, and it so was let, a doozy. why don't we start from the top? Yeah, you know what? There was just there was a lot of really really solid stuff before the direct ended. Uh, you know, when the when the trailer is being shown for the game before Link's Awakening, I was I was just like, you know, this is this is a really good direct. Maybe not one of the best they've ever done, but like there's there were really no stinkers on it, you know? Oh, absolutely not. It was full of solid titles, and I think there was something for everybody in the Nintendo fandom to look forward to. So it was it was pretty amazing, as far as I'm concerned. Um, all right, well, let's, uh, let's just dive right into this and uh, get going here. Nintendo Direct starts off, and we get Super Mario Maker 2. And this looks pretty sweet. It's uh, It's got slopes, as everybody pointed out. That's a big thing, I guess. I own Super Mario Maker, and I can't say that I ever noticed that there weren't any slopes, but I guess that's a thing. Um, a couple things I noticed is, uh, first of all, the music medley that they were playing, where it kind of switched between like the 8-bit, 16-bit, etc., etc. It just was like so, so good. Um, you have Mario 3D World, that kind of uh, aesthetic added. I think the the previous Mario Maker, the the highest generation was like New Super Mario Bros. So now you have that plus 3D World, and uh, my man Luigi, this guy gets his own pair of overalls and a hard hat. He's looking fresh. He's all uh, geared up for some building too. So maybe maybe it's uh, kind of hinting at more of a cooperative or two player multiplayer focused aspect. I don't know. Are you uh, are you pretty jazzed for Super Mario Maker two? Did you ever play the first one? I did play the first one. I was uh, not. I admittedly I was not very good at building levels, but I really did enjoy playing other people's levels. Um, I know that there are quite a few dedicated YouTube channels to just doing like challenge runs of these uh, of all these fantastic levels that people just come up with, and I, I get a lot of enjoyment out of watching that. So it's just like playing it. Uh, playing through other people's levels and 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 watching other people do their their challenge runs is is really fun. So I'm super looking forward to what people come up with in the second one. And I maybe I was late to the party, but I I knew they were bringing some type of uh, Mario Maker to to the Switch. And I believe in one of our episodes we were talking about um, other like ports and stuff they were gonna put on the Switch. And I think uh, I think I was talking about Super Mario Maker at one point. So I didn't I didn't know if they were just going to port it from the Wii U or if they were going to actually make a second one. So I'm actually pleasantly surprised that it's going to be a, a brand new version. 
Uh, yeah, I, I'm totally with you. I was just absolutely terribly at uh, creating levels, but I really, really liked playing other people's levels. I thought that it was really cool. Um, I I don't know what I was expecting. I wasn't expecting Super Mario Maker 2, if that makes sense. I was maybe expecting like a port, but with like almost like a game platform, kind of like maybe not a good comparison, but Overwatch or whatever, where you have the game and you just keep on adding stuff to it and adding stuff to it. Sure. like, um, I, I don't know. I, th- I thought that made more sense than than just having a completely sequelized edition of it. But, uh, I mean, either way, I think that that's going to be really cool. Super Mario Maker was definitely one of the bright spots on uh, the Wii U, which unfortunately didn't have a whole lot of bright spots going for it. So, um, yeah, I think that that was, a, that was a heck of a way to kick off the Direct um cooled off for me a little bit when we got to marvel ultimate alliance you know what this is a really Um, weird episode are are we actually like is has the world ended because i find myself agreeing with you a lot right now you know i'm sure marvel alliance is is cool uh it's it's just like it's kind of one of those things it's like know your audience like i i feel like probably the majority of of hardcore nintendo fans that were watching this or, or, you know, kind of just like, uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance, whatever. That's something that, you know, the people who buy NHL every single year are going to play. So I, you know, I think it's cool that it's there. I'm happy it's there, but, uh, I don't know. They really do it for me. I've never given them any fair kind of chance or whatever. So maybe they're really good games, but yeah, I don't know. It, it didn't do it for me. I played the second one and it's not a bad game. Uh, but I think I would have been a little bit more excited to maybe hear that, you know, Spider-Man that came out on PS4, uh, was coming to the Switch, but that's never going to happen because that was a Sony exclusive. But I, you know, it's that kind of thing where I'd rather see like individualized, uh, character games than putting like all the Avengers together, all the different superheroes together, like maybe have them kind of guest star or something like that but i i prefer the the focus stories yeah i i agree with you i would have actually even been more excited for um like the telltale games to come over like the guardians of the galaxy one that they're oh, sure. working on or were working on i guess is a better way to put right it. um yeah i don't know i mean i'm i'm sure that there are people out there that are happy for this and uh, i'm happy for those people um and hey, it's always good when you get that big name brand like Marvel on Nintendo, even if it's not really our cup of tea. I, I think that that is just such a good thing for you know Nintendo's handheld console here. For sure. Um, so next we got Box Boy and Box Girl. Have you ever had uh, the pleasure of playing Box Boy? So this is actually kind of a segment where I would have expected myself to kind of feel like the the lull that happened with ultimate alliance would kind of get a little lower but as i saw the game i (laughs) my initial reaction was like who the hell is box boy and box girl and then as i was watching what they were showing off i thought oh this is actually pretty cool i like this concept and yeah it looks cool exactly uh so it's it's made by the the makers of kirby so it had that going against it for me right away (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and I remember Box Boy's been out for a couple of years now, and I've uh, I've always seen it on my 3DS and always kind of thought about checking it out, but just, uh, I don't know, maybe that Kirby stigma just made me not do it, but uh, I, I think I'd probably check this out. It looks like a fun little platformer, um, and it's coming out relatively quickly, the end of April, so yeah, that's another one. I think it's like, what it's it's kind of like the one of those games, it's like the little things that make up the foundation so you can have those big announcements. So, yeah, I think that that's fun. It's, it's not only that, too, but, like, the, the game seems perfect as kind of like a on-the-go, you know, you play it for five minutes and move on, or it's, you know, like a time-killer game. But an interesting one, not one in where you're just like, oh, whatever, I have five minutes to kill, I'll just play this crappy, mm-hmm. crappy title. This, this one looks good. Um, and so that's coming out at the end of April. Also coming out at the end of April is Super Smash Bros. Ultimate version 3. Uh, they were pretty tight-lipped about what features that actually entailed or what kind of updates or anything like that. But they did say that with version 3, we can pretty much guarantee that Joker, the downloadable fighter from Persona, is going to be available in that update. Um, he is coming, at the, what did they say, the end of April? Before the end of April, something like that. Sometime during April is what I recall. 
Mm-hmm. So they were a little bit tight-lipped about Smash. I thought that they might uh, give us a little bit more to chew on. But uh, they did say that there is some Amiibo currently being developed. There's uh, some pretty good ones that we might have to add to our collection. Yeah, I, so here's the funny thing. Like, I'm kind of mixed with the with that announcement. For one thing, I'm really pleased with kind of the the release cycle of of downloadable content characters for Smash. I think it's really well paced, and it's it's really interesting to see, you know, Joker come to Smash Brothers Ultimate. It's definitely not a character I would have expected. Neither was Piranha Plant for that matter, but you know their track record so far has been pretty good for all for all the characters that we've said why do they these characters exist in smash we've all had a blast playing them and that's not just you and me it's also apparently the majority of the smash community so mm-hmm. i'm looking forward to it my only my frowny face comes when developers do this kind of thing where they're like oh yeah super smash brothers ultimate update 3.0 it's going to be our biggest ever you'll have to find out what that's going to be. And like, okay, well, if yeah, it's, it's definitely, it's definitely kind of a sleazy move, but, uh, yeah. I am excited. For the I, I think they too. made up for it. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. That I'm going to, I'm going to cop that Ivysaur one. That looks pretty awesome. Um, I imagine that you're probably, uh, pretty hyped about snake. Oh, for sure, dude. I'm hyped about, snake I'm hyped too, for but... Squirtle. I want a Squirtle amiibo. He's my favorite Pokemon. That makes total sense that Squirtle's your favorite Pokemon. I hate you. I don't know what that means. Let's move on. Actually, you know what? Before we move on, there is... Um, I, I was kind of hoping... I tweeted about this yesterday. I was like, you know, maybe a Nintendo Direct would be a good time to segue from Joker and Smash to Persona 5 on Switch. And that did not happen, unfortunately. I guess maybe it still could at some point. It It, it just seems so weird that... They would put Joker and Smash with no plans to bring Persona over to a Nintendo system. So I, I firmly believe that that will happen at some point. Yeah, but didn't they make an announcement when it was concerning the all the DLC characters and saying that they're all going to kind of be out of left field anyway? Well, they did, but I mean, that doesn't mean that you don't follow up on that. But I mean, I guess, I guess I've been sitting on this podcast for the last couple of months saying I think Master Chief is going to be in Smash Bros. And I don't expect to see Halo on the Switch anytime soon. So I mean, hey. Take that for what you will. I'll take it if it comes. Um, next up is Captain Toad DLC. There's a free update for some two-player co-op, so Taylor, you and I can uh, can get to exploring and getting that treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some there's some new paid DLC with um, a bunch of new challenges and new levels and stuff like that. And if you don't have this game already, like I don't, and Taylor, I can only imagine that you don't have this. I definitely do uh, not. There's a bundle on sale right now with the with the game and the paid dlc so yeah pick it up uh if you're yeah. interested at all it, it doesn't look like a bad game <laughs> it's Captain just Toad. not one i no, have any it, time it, to play it, right now <laughs> you know i i think if this game was like 20 bucks 25 bucks maybe 30 bucks i'd, I'd buy it i just like don't want to spend 50 dollars on this because i i feel like this is this reminds me of like the perfect blockbuster rental. You know what I mean? You'd rent it, you'd beat it in a weekend. You're like, ah, oh, that was fun. That was worth every bit of my five bucks. Sure. I think 50 bucks though. Eh. And it's also just kind of bad timing too, because if we're looking at kind of like this year's lineup already, there are some pretty heavy hitters right now. And I can tell you what, I am not making enough money in all my jobs to afford all these games I want to buy right now. Uh, well, let me tell you about one game that I'm going to buy for sure, and that is Bloodstained Ritual of the Night. And uh, you might as well just say Bloodstained Ritual of the Night, a.k.a. Castlevania Symphony of the Night 2, because uh, that's pretty much what it is. Of course, we had, uh, was it Circle of the Moon or Circle of the Night or something like that come out earlier this year? It was, it was a Bloodstained game come out earlier this year, and that was kind of a throwback to the NES Castlevania games. And uh, this one is clearly a throwback to the Metroidvania style of Castlevania games, which uh, are definitely my favorite. So just totally, totally stoked about this. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it too. And the fact that they're adding some customization features and things to it to give it more of a an additional RPG feel uh, along with that kind of action um, uh, platformer is the style of gameplay is, is really, really neat to me. I, I'm looking forward to it. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, they didn't give a release date on that. They just said summer, so uh, totally, totally down with that when it comes out. Um, 
so speaking of RPGs, this was a very RPG-centric Nintendo Direct. There was uh, there seemed to me to be a lot of Japanese-style RPGs shown off. Uh, and it starts off with Dragon Quest Builders, which, uh, I don't know, looks kind of cool. But then they showed uh, a big trailer for Dragon Quest XI-S, Echoes of an Elusive Age. Say that five times fast. That's the name of the game. And it is a mouthful. But it looks pretty cool. And it got a lot of time dedicated to it, actually. It, it, I think only Fire Emblem Three Houses had more time on this Direct dedicated to it. Uh, what, what did you think? Have you played this game? What are your thoughts? Um, I've played the Dragon Quest series before. Uh, but the last one I played was Dragon Quest Nine. Uh, I do really like it. I mean, being a fan of Dragon Ball, it's the all the art and all the character designs, stuff like that, are done by Akira Toriyama. So... You know, it, it has a very familiar feeling to me. I I do love a lot of the dra- uh not the drag not Dragon Balls. Uh, I like a lot of the the a- the RPG aspects of it. It's it's very similar esque to Final Fantasy, but in kind of like a uh, like a medieval fantasy type um, mm-hmm. situation, as opposed to maybe more of the science fictiony stuff that we've been getting recently out of out of Final Fantasy. So um, I'm I'm curious to see how it's gonna play. It looks phenomenal, like graphically. It yeah, it does. Great. It looks really good. Yeah. So I'm. Um, I've never played Dragon Quest. I've always been more of a Final Fantasy guy. Yeah. So uh, I, I might give this one a whirl because it looks pretty cool. It's they're usually very good games, and and the stories are actually pretty pretty good. I think you'd like. Um. It. So they followed up this uh, this announcement with just. A total. Of, when I said that there weren't any stinkers earlier, I lied. There was one, and it is this. God, I don't even know how you'd say this. Sum Sum Disney Sum Sum Festival. Yeah. Which like what the. F- well, okay. Uh, so I'll say two yeah, things about know. this. First off, I'll say okay. It's to- It's not really unprecedented. I mean, Disney did the same thing with with Disney Infinity or whatever it was called, the Star Wars lineup that came out, was it three or four years ago? Um, so, you know, Disney and Nintendo, they come out with a toy and then they almost instantly make a game out of it in some way, shape, or form. So it's not really surprising to me. And to be fair, I give Nintendo credit because I know there are probably quite a few people that will get hooked on that, especially maybe the younger generation. Or more casual gamers, but it for the two of us, yeah, I agree, was probably not the uh, most exciting thing we saw out of that direct. Definitely putting it lightly. Um, following that up is something else that I don't think either one of us are too excited about. Even though I'm a big Star Fox fan, uh, Starlink has some DLC coming its way where you can play as uh, Falco and the rest of the gang and you take on star wolf and uh this looks this looks neat i guess um i just i I don't know something about starlink just doesn't do it for me um just makes you you know it says just give us a star fox game you know i'm definitely starlink stuff just make a star fox game yeah i'm definitely all for a new star fox game but it it definitely feels to me like they're trying to make starlink kind of half star fox half whatever the heck else it is and, again, to be fair, I did say at the beginning of the, the episode that I do believe that this Direct was good, not just because, like, every single title on it was something to be excited about, but more along the lines of Nintendo has something for everybody in this Direct. And I think mm-hmm. that there are a few Starlink fans out there, and I think they will be excited about this because I think a lot of people who like uh, Starlink also like Star Fox and vice versa. Maybe not everybody, but I think there's a fair amount out there. Yeah, and, and you know what? Power, power to those people that are excited for it. Um, I saw you talking about this game earlier in staff chat. I had never even heard of it. Rune Factory, and uh, apparently Rune Factory 4 is coming to Switch and 5 is in development, and I didn't even know that there was a 1, 2, and 3. Right. Uh, can you smart me up as to what this game even is? Sure. So Rune Factory is kind of like a more RPG-esque version of Harvest Moon. Um, I believe the, uh, the developers of Rune Factory are the same developers of the Harvest Moon series, at least on the Japanese side. Right. Uh, when it comes to American ports and things like that, a uh, different company handled it, uh, Natsume, here in, here in the U.S. Uh, for a while. 
but anyway, um, so it's basically Harvest Moon, but you have more RPG stuff. So like you can, you have your farm and you you have this this village or or city or whatnot that you're, you know, helping out or whatnot. And then you can also go and like dungeon dive and go get like materials and things like that by killing monsters and exploring dungeons as opposed to harvest moons mechanic where you just go to different places around the village or around the surrounding area to gather equipment so it's kind of like i guess more of a it's more of like a a jrpg fans you know ideal harvest moon whereas for me, like if I'm gonna play a dungeon delver, I'm gonna go play Final Fantasy or Zelda. I'm not gonna go, I'm not gonna play a Harvest Moon game. I'm gonna play a Harvest Moon game because I, I want to I want to farm. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I I don't think that this one is for me. But um, again, I'm sure that it has its uh, audience out there, and they didn't spend a whole lot of time on it, so it's pretty inoffensive. Um, and you know, what? props and uh, excited for the people that are excited for this. Yeah. Now. I am just a simple Canadian living in Calgary, Alberta, and so that being said, I'm going to butcher this when I try and pronounce it. Oninaki. How'd I do? Uh, Oninaki. What did I say? Oninaki. What is it? Oninaki. Say that 12 times fast. Oh god. Um, okay, so this this is a uh, JRPG made by the developers of uh, I Am Setsuna, which you recommended to me, which I uh, I, did. I really liked. So um, yeah, it uh, it was a really good game. I think that uh, that uh, this one looks probably just as cool. It's got uh, they they use the word reincarnation a lot in the trailer for it. So obviously it's going to be a very story heavy kind of focus game um so I, yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to that i think if it's like i think if it's in that 30 dollar price range i would definitely go for it and uh and take it for a spin i i was i was a big fan of i am set soon i haven't played lost sphere yet i i didn't i think i heard that that one maybe wasn't as great so i've been holding off on that a little bit but uh yeah i thought that this looked pretty cool what about you i'm super hyped for it I really enjoyed I Am Setsuna to the point where I actually recommended it to you, as as we said before. And so, when when watching um, its its debut on on the Switch and in, in this direct, I I can't help but think that they've taken what worked in I Am Setsuna and they're they're evolving it. And that's exactly what game developers should do, in my opinion. Uh, and I can't wait to play it. Like I, they didn't really show too much of it in terms of like what what it's all going to be about. But I can't mm-hmm. wait. Yes, it's very Buddhist. Yeah, of them I think too. that it looks really cool. All this reincarnation. I'm, I'm a sucker for those like Dark Knight, Snowy City kind of right. uh, kind of vibes that the trailer had. So um, yeah, I thought it looked pretty cool. Um, you know what also looks pretty cool? Damn it, Yoshi's Crafted World. And I know that this is for like a younger audience and and whatnot, but I think it looks pretty fun. It has like a unique style. You have all those silly cars and, and the gimmicks and stuff that were in that trailer today. Um, it, it's like the classic Yoshi's Island gameplay, but I, I don't know. There's just, there seems to be a lot of, uh, just a lot of Gaga going on with this, but it, it's, it seems like a fun little romp to me. And, uh, I don't know that I'll end up getting it, but, um, I, I think that, uh, I, I just think that it looks like a really solid, game and i'm excited for it to come out and just be another like great hit in the uh in the switch library look i don't care what anybody else says if yoshi's in it i'm usually going to play it at some point he's just i love him yoshi's the best and you know crafted world as you said might not be everyone's cup of tea but I think at some point, like, there's definitely those aspects of it that are modeled for a younger audience, but I also definitely think that, kind of like Cartoon Network cartoons back in the day, there were definitely some adult stuff thrown in there for for the lulls. Yeah, let me throw out a comparison. I think that Yoshi does what Kirby tries to do, but just so much better. Like, it seems like every new Kirby game has a different gimmick with it, and Yoshi kind of takes that but it maintains all the same core gameplay and i think that it like when it does do a gimmick kind of like woolly world or kind of like this it, it just it has i don't know it, it to me it's just it, it it exudes such charm 
And it just seems like it's just doing it so well that um, I, I can't help but love it. So I think it's just uh, there's more a demo in, vein, man. in the eShop. Yeah, it's probably just because I hate Kirby. Probably. What can I say? Uh, shout out to Crafted or Wooly Yoshi in Smash Bros. Sick costume. Um, so we are at the meat and potatoes of this Nintendo Direct now, and of course we get to Fire Emblem Three Houses. Uh, and it shows off mostly mostly a lot of like story stuff rather than uh, gameplay. There was like a, a little tidbit of gameplay shown at the end, and uh, you know it, it looked like what you'd expect a Fire Emblem title to look like. But um, yeah, the big reveal here was just kind of about the the story and the premise. Uh, it, it's kind of got that like Harry Potter Pokemon Go kind of vibe where there's three teams and like houses that you need to choose which one you want to go to. Um, I feel like it was a missed opportunity to have a greenhouse, like a Slytherin house. They only had the three. They should have just called this game four houses, but whatever. Um, so you, from what I understand, you're in you're in school, and there's three territories in this in this country that are uh, sort of semi at peace, but war is a uh, it's a powder keg, and it's about to erupt. And so your hero chooses one of three houses, either the Black Eagles, the Blue Lions, or the Golden Deers. And uh, from there, it's like you kind of train, but you also do missions and stuff like that. They didn't give too much away, other than you see this mysterious girl that only you can see. But, um, you know, I'm super excited for this. I, you know, the last couple of Fire Emblem games have just been so good. Like, from Awakening, I just think that they've been on such a roll that uh, I'll... they They gladly have my trust and my faith, and I'm sure that this will be awesome. I agree. I think... It's going to be really good. Um, to add on to what you were saying before, it appears that you'll be th- that your main character is going to be the professor. So you're going to have three students from one from each of the countries. You're going to kind of pick which one your character prefers or wants to teach, and then like I guess the story focuses around your relationship with that character and i'm guessing that's how they'll kind of implement the the fates kind of thing where the story changes right. depending on you know who you support whoa 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 whoa! go back and change that to the awakening kind of thing okay it goes both ways but whatever i played fates i didn't play awakening so i can't say that oh taylor we've been over this Please. okay I know, but I just hearing you say it again. What are you doing with your life? You gotta play Fire I only Awakening. have so, so much good. time in my life. Okay, it's so good. I I can't believe that you ended up with Fates over Awakening. Fates is a great game, actually, but Awakening is just on another level. It was it was really just the timing. But anyway, so let's talk about this off air. Yeah, it um it looks really really interesting. I I really like that approach to where instead of like kind of being this character that's mentored by all these other characters who's kind of just, like, thrown in the middle. Uh, it seems like your character is actually going to have more knowledge than uh, a fair amount of the NPCs you'll be interacting with. And the fact that you're going to be kind of giving these missions out to these students and then you're going to be helping them kind of accomplish their their mission and, and achieve their grade. It, it's just a new aspect to Fire Emblem that I, we haven't really seen all that often, if at all. Uh, and it still lends itself to being a Fire Emblem game because you, you know, it still has all that ten that story tension, and it still has you know the the class based gameplay, you know, all the all the battle system mechanics and stuff like that. It's just a new perspective of kind of where you are in that in that realm. So I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, everybody listening to this, please tweet Taylor at gif underscore bluehawk and tell him that he needs to play Fire Emblem Awakening. Okay. Do it for me. So this game is coming out July 26th. Um, so nice. Not uh, not coming out right away, which I kind of appreciate because I feel like I have so many games to play. But um, I'm looking forward to that one in the summer for sure. Next game was a, uh, a game called Tetris 99, which can only be described as a Battle Royal Tetris game. You versus 99 other people and... Uh, yeah, that's a thing. The Battle Royale genre has... Damn it, it's even got Tetris. See, now this is a Battle Royale game I can actually get behind, all right? <laughs> like, Yeah, no kidding. I, <laughs> this this is so funny that I I can't help but be charmed by it. I, I can't wait to play this, honestly. 
Um, and it is available right now if you have a Nintendo Online subscription. It's free to play, uh, so why not? So I just want, I want to lump a bunch of games together here that uh, I, don't, I don't feel are really worth discussing in any great depth. No offense to these games. Uh, Dead by Daylight was shown, which is neat. Uh, Deltarune was available today, came out for free, which is a sequel to, or quasi-sequel to Undertale. Uh, Grid Autosport, a.k.a. Poor Man's Gran Turismo, uh, was shown off. Hellblade is, uh, is coming to Switch uh, at an unspecified time, which looks pretty cool. Um, I heard great things about that game's story. And then uh, Demon X Machina was shown off, and there's a demo that's going out today where the developers were basically asking for feedback. And so that pretty much tells me that this there's no way that this game is hitting its uh, intended summer release date. And um, even even during the direct, they announced like we're they they said this specifically we're intending to have it release in the summer, which again just tells me that there's no way that this is releasing yeah, this summer. I don't know how far along this game even is in development. Uh, it, it strikes it strikes me very similarly in where I think that they have an idea of where they want to go with it, but they're not sure how people are going to react to it. So they're playing it by ear and seeing. Uh, essentially market testing and saying hey you know what do you guys think is interesting of our concept and then we'll kind of tweak it to make it better yeah um so i i mean i think this game could be kind of cool it's like kind of zone vendors meets custom robo a little bit which uh hey i'm all for so i hope that it is good i haven't tried the demo yet um yeah i don't know everything in the language though tells me that this game maybe isn't where they want it to be and we might not be seeing it this summer. It's kind Hopefully of a coincidence that it's happening around the same time where we got that Metroid Prime 4 news. Yeah, don't remind me of that because that makes me sad. I'm sorry. Very sad. Um, actually, one of the things that we didn't get is uh, Metroid Prime Trilogy announced, which had been a, a rumor as well. So I'm a little bit disappointed about that, but I also think that that could very well still be on the way and just maybe save for another day. I think it's the same. Um, let's talk about something that I know that you're excited about. Oh, yeah. April 23rd. What comes out that day? Oh, only the best fighting game ever. Don't at me, bro. Mortal Kombat 11 is coming out April 23rd on the Switch. Starring Ronda Rousey. Oh yeah, as Sonya Blade, no less. So is that uh, is that the same release date as uh, PS4, Xbox One? Yes, it is a simultaneous release. Hell yeah! And if cool. you pre-order MK11, you are automatically given access to the closed beta that's coming out. I think in March. I want to say. Cool, cool. Roll tight on that. Um. So probably the up until this point, the next thing that was announced was, was I was just as excited as over the moon as I could be. This is up until this point the greatest thing about this direct for me. Final Fantasy VII is coming on March twenty sixth, which I was super pumped for. But then they dropped the bomb by telling us that the greatest Final Fantasy game ever made, which of course is Final Fantasy IX, is out today, right now. So I've already downloaded it, and I'm gonna. Uh, throw it on my Switch, and start playing before I go to bed as soon as we're done recording this. And how good does it feel to finally, finally be playing that masterpiece? And how good does it feel, Taylor, to know that you can finally hold up your end of the bargain from E3 and stream it for us all? Well, all I can say is that I am a man of my word. And uh, for all of you listeners out there who have been looking forward to that, uh, I will be scheduling some time in the near future and uh, sitting down with Andy to talk about when we can get this ball rolling. But I'm super glad. <laughs> I'm super glad that it's cheaper than what I was originally going to be paying for it. So, you know what? I I am on board your hype train for Final Fantasy IX for today and probably today yeah. only. Because the second I have to play that game is going to be the worst day of my life. You know what? I was just about to throw you a bone for Final Fantasy VIII before you said that. But now I'm not going to. What? I just gave you a whole Let's bunch of credit. Alright, uh, you know what? Fine, fine. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this. 
I think that Squall and Renoa is maybe one of the better romantic stories told in video games. I don't think Squall is great as a character. I don't think Renoa is great as a character. But together, their 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 pairing was kind of cute. And I bring that up because it's Valentine's Day and it's the week of love over on Zelda Dungeon. So you know what? I'll take that, that bone, Taylor. That's my gift to you. I'll take that bone. I really appreciate it and. I'll give you that bone saying that, you know what, I'm with you on this hype train for Final Fantasy IX. All right. Well, at least we're united for for now, for one day. For one hour of the week, we're on the same page. Right. Um, I wonder if we're going to be on the same page about Astral Chains. This was shown at the uh, – it, it kind of made it seem like this was the main event, if you will, of the Nintendo Direct because they said after Final Fantasy, that's all, folks, but stick around for this. So when Astral Chains came out, I don't know if it's just because it was in that position, but I was just kind of like, eh. Um, it's developed by Platinum Games, who of course is the uh, the makers behind Bayonetta, Wonderful 101, etc., etc. And speaking of Bayonetta, actually, after this trailer was over, they did say that uh, Bayonetta 3 is coming along nicely. But Astral Chains, it, it just looked very, very over-the-top JRPG with, like, all of the JRPG cliches that you'd expect. And I love JRPGs. I don't want anybody to take that the wrong way. But um, I don't know. Maybe it's just because we'd seen a lot of, uh, you know, we'd just seen Final Fantasy. We'd seen Dragon Quest. We'd seen, um, oh, God, what the hell is it called? The, the I Am Setsuna game. Like, we, we'd already seen all, we've already seen all of those already. So I think by the end of the Direct, this one had just kind of, it didn't feel as new or fresh as maybe it could have if it had launched at a different time in the direct or on a different direct altogether. I, I don't know. What were your thoughts about it? I, I, I understand where you're coming from on this. I think I, I'm looking at it from the lens of, well, this is the kind of game that Platinum Games does well. This is their wheelhouse. This is something that they excel at. It's something that, you know, every time they come out with one of these games, it's been very well received it's done very well and i think that if anyone was going to do this type of game that's the person who should be bringing it to the switch and then as i was watching the 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 trailer you know maybe it was cheesy maybe it wasn't but i was really hooked by the by the story introduction to it with uh with i'm guessing that's going to be the antagonist who did the voiceover uh, just talking about the story. That was cheesy. It it was cheesy, but you know what? It was it interesting was enough to me to where I was like, you know what? I you know I'll give it a chance. I like over the top action games. I like JRPGs. I like, uh, you know, over the top JRPG action games. So, <laughs> I you know what? You cooked me with the cheesy line. I'm sold. Let's do it. Yeah, it, it reminded me of uh, of Xenoblade a lot, um, for better and for worse. So, uh, you know, I, I'm sure that the game will probably be cool. I think I think it was probably just the placement of it, it more than anything else, where it's like you're kind of expecting that to be your your main event announcement. You're like, what the heck is this? Sure. And then, you know, we, we had just seen all those JRPGs, and we'd also seen, you know, mechs and stuff like that, for that matter, um, with Damon X Machina just shortly before that, so... Um, I, I'm, not, I'm not rating this game off by any means, but I, I think that I was just kind of like, eh, when... Uh, when they showed it off but of course we're back to what everybody here really wants to hear about and what everybody wants to talk about and let me tell you the next announcement did not have me feeling disappointed in the least holy moly when those waves started hitting i was like wow this would be so cool if like maybe possibly this was the same boat that link was riding in and then you zoom in on the boat and then you zoom in on that awesome animated intro with an anime style link looking exactly like he did in link's awakening and man i just i freaked right out it was oh such a awesome awesome reveal i was so so blown away like for for the record like i had to watch the direct after it debuted because i didn't get home until later on but you know, so obviously I've got the the Discord spoiling everything everywhere, so I had to mute it so I wasn't spoiled. But um, I I went in, I watched, I watched it. And when we got to that part, I I saw the waves. I was like, oh, oh my, was I right? 
and then like you and you know get to the boat and we see link and we see you know the, the oh oh so good just it hit me right in the gut i was just like ooh i was right oh yes please i need this so badly and then they just come right out that new title uh title artwork oh the the beautiful incredible. background of of Kohong yeah Island. that that looked so good oh um, it's I, I just can't. uh that that opening animation to the title screen was just so so impactful and uh before we get to the actual trailer of it like i, I was just i was instantly hooked instantly sold uh, and not that i wouldn't have been anyways because i'm a huge zelda fan as are you but like if i'm a nintendo or like if i'm a casual nintendo guy i'm just like god this just like this looks so good um, you know what? And this is what I so said. Then... Like, I've written a, I've written a couple of DDs on this kind of topic where it's just like, you know, would you like to see a, a Legend of Zelda anime or would you like to see a Legend of Zelda multimedia project? Yes, I know the cartoon was terrible. We all have those meme memories, but still, like, you know, think about it for a minute and just seeing that opening and seeing what they did with it. That's the kind of thing that tells me this is something that we could really really appreciate it's something that could be done well and something that everybody out there i think secretly needs well let's dive right into it the uh, the controversy controversy of this trailer was uh, it didn't take very long to get fans stirred did it no not at all um <laughs> This reminds me of the conversations. What do you think of the graphics? We, I think this reminds me of the conversations we've been having the past couple of weeks. Like it really, it really does. Immediately, there were people split. There were people in our own Discord who are very hardcore Zelda fans. I might add that were just like, "This sucks. I'm not interested in this at all." Um, if you're living under a rock and you haven't seen this trailer, first of all, pause this and go watch it right now. Um, but second of all, just in case. Um, Basically, it's claymation, for for lack of a better term. It's claymation. It almost looks like you're moving toys. Link kind of looks like um, like a little pop figure or something like that. Very divisive style of uh, graphics, to say the least. Where do you uh, where do you weigh in on this, Taylor? It's really really funny. You know, I think we here at Zelda Dungeon are psychic, because we had Link's Awakening. Uh, remake talks on previous episodes of the podcast. We had a whole bunch of uh, Link's Awakening artwork go up on the Twitter feed and the Facebook feed this morning. You know, lo and behold, we get this. And then we've also been talking about another graphically divisive game recently <laughs> the past two weeks. And I think this is in a very similar vein. I think this is Wind Waker 2.0. And this time I actually fi- fall on the opposite side of, of the train and where I am actually super, super excited for this art style. I like it. I really like it. I, I really do. I'm a big fan of claymation, though. Um, You're wild. And, and I, I know it's horrible. I know it's horrible when you and I agree on stuff. But and I did try and find someone that hated it to come on with uh, and talk about this with us. And I'm sure we'll get to that at some point in the future. But I really like it. I I feel like it really fits the tone of Link's Awakening. And I, there were people that were just like, "Well, this is kind of like a dark game." And and I think under the underlying current of Link's Awakening is a very dark game, but it, like it was very cheery on the outside, which kind of made it creepier underneath, if that makes sense. So yeah. I, I think that it fits really well. I was I was about to bring that um, up actually. Um, one of our one of our editors here at Zelda Dungeon by the name of Adam uh, was one of the most vocal proponents as this direct was going on and saying that you know it just really really wasn't his style of of art and. You know, a lot of it, a lot of his his opinion was based around that it it just it looked too cartoony. It looked it just didn't fit what he felt was the theme of Zelda. So that was that was interesting to me because when I look at Link's Awakening, as you pointed out, you know, yes, overall the game is dark, and the reason it's so dark is because you know it takes almost all the way until the end for you to realize what's actually going on and you know what will happen when you succeed. So 
you know, the fact that everything is so bright in the game, especially if you've played DX, okay, we're not, you know, we, we get it for the people who played the original version and didn't have the same colory effect. But Right, that that's why it's being remade. Right, but all the people, like, all the people you interact with and things like that, like, the the environments and stuff like that the fact that it's it's an it's a beautiful island like almost idyllic you know it kind of that kind of theme perpetuates this kind of art style and here here's the thing like what if at the end of this game like the art style reverts to something else well i i think a lot of like the the people that are just like oh this looks this looks cheery and this looks cartoony and stuff like that like you saw just the island. You know what I mean? Like, claymation isn't inherently cartoonish or childlike. Like, one of my favorite movies is Nightmare Before Christmas, and that's claymation, and that's pretty creepy. Like, it's a pretty creepy movie, like, visually-wise. You know, you go to Halloween Town, you're like, Oif. some of this stuff looks pretty pretty gnarly. Sure, but there um, were a lot of parents who probably took their kids to see that movie thinking that it was a kid's movie, basing it just off of the animation. Right, and, and you know what, and I mean, it, I mean, it is a kids' movie, but it's not like it's, it's not like it's always this overly cheery. Like you can do really special things with with claymation that you can't do with anything else. So I think like, sure, when you get to the windfish, when you get, it, it, it gives you an opportunity to have, just really like, like something that doesn't look like anything else. Um, and Link's Awakening isn't like anything else in the Zelda series. So I think it's really appropriate, and you know what? I'm not. I'm not even throwing shade at uh, Adam or anyone who feels that way, because there are a lot of people that feel that way. I just think that for maybe like the old timers like us that that have played it and they played it black and white, you know, at, when it first came out, you you kind of see, you kind of see the undercurrent, and you know you know what's there, and you know that this game just plays with your expectations and defies them and stuff like that, and you know that while everything looks bright and happy the brighter and happier that it is the the darker it's going to be underneath so i i really i really do i really like it i think that it looks distinctive i think that it looks unique and i i think that it looks like link's awakening yeah i i can't disagree at all i think i think this is it, it's not like it's not the worst art style I've ever seen, and it's it's not the best, but it definitely fits. I think that it's something that, as divisive as it may be, I think if people give it a chance, they'll feel the same way about it as they did Wind Waker. Because that was the thing with Wind Waker. Like, a lot of people going into Wind Waker thought that it was going to suck because the art style was horrible to them at the time. And then Yes, they, I, I agree. Right, and then they played the game, and for a majority of people... You know, it was it was one of the best Zelda games they'd ever played. So I think that we're going to have kind of a, a mirror effect. Like, Nintendo knows what they're doing. I don't think they've really ever steered us wrong, per se. And you know what? I, I think it's one thing. If this if this is a brand new Zelda game and it was in this art style, maybe I'd be more disappointed. But at the end of the day, it's a remake. It's, um, it's adding something new to what we already have so you know i i'm all for it i think that it's going to be really awesome i mean to me like i i'm at the age now where it's just like i don't care what the art style is it doesn't matter to me as long as it's a zelda game i know that they're going to be good i know they're going to have that polish it, it doesn't it doesn't matter to me so i'm just i'm excited for it um and you know if, if some people aren't and they don't want to play it that's totally you know that's totally their prerogative but i i think that this is going to be great yep and a lot of people were pointing out as well in, in the Discord from you, Masis, myself, Kevin, Locke, everybody is saying that it it's looking kind of like almost a one-to-one uh, remake in where almost everything is exactly where it should be. It doesn't seem like too much has changed outside of the art style and the fact that it's now going to be uh, kind of like a Link Between Worlds-ish 3D. So I guess you could say kind of 2.5D. I don't know. Um, but I'm... How cute was Marin? What? How cute was Marin? Oh my god, that was great. Oh, she's cute. But that gameplay. Good. That's what I'm most curious about. I'm wondering... Be- it looks very Link Between Worlds-ish to me. Yeah. I And it's, it's curious because, 
you know, both A Link to the Past and Link's Awakening were both 2D Zelda games. They uh, now both of them are being translated to a semi or fully 3D world. And I'm wondering if they're just going to apply the exact same things they did in the Link Between Worlds to make that work. Or because they're not going to have, you know, Link transitioning into a 2D plane like he does in the Link Between Worlds, you know, at d various points with his uh, his painting ability. But, you know, Link's Awakening doesn't have that same mechanic. So I wonder... Mm -hmm. Like this, a link between worlds is kind of meant to be both a sequel and a remake, I guess you could argue. But this is just purely a remake. It's not. It's not intended to be a sequel or anything like that. So, was it going to change? Was it going to move forward? Is it going to? Is it going to add anything significant? Like, are we going to like with Link's Awakening DX? Are we going to get a new dungeon or something like that? These are all questions I I, I need to know. Uh, yeah. I feel like, I mean, obviously we'll definitely find out more at E3, but I, I think that you hit the nail on the head. Like, the big thing for me wasn't the graphical style, but I came away from this wondering, like, is this an enhanced remake? Is it a one-for-one -one remake? Because if you think about it this way, um, Link's, uh, as, as I talked about before on this podcast, the reason I didn't think that this was feasibly going to happen versus kind of the safer road of Skyward Sword HD is because I just, I... I don't see them charging the same amount of money for this game on the same console that they they charge $79 for Breath of the Wild. If this is also, you know, a full-priced retail game, I, it it makes me scratch my head a little bit because when you like when you think about it, Link's Awakening is not a very long game. And in fact, you know, this this is probably going to have more in common with Metroid Samus Returns than it will Breath of the Wild. Those are both Metroid Samus Returns is another remake of uh, of a Game Boy game and an enhanced remake at that. So I would I would kind of ballpark it to be in that price range, but um, that's of course that's just assuming that there isn't a whole lot of extra content added, which there very well could be. But I think those, that's the most interesting question to come out of this. I I agree, and I'd argue the same things that you would. But then I'm looking at it because like I th I want to say that the game is not going to be full retail like 59.99 or, or whatever you know i i want to say 79 that. rip canada <laughs> yeah but that being said you know then i think about you know majora's mask and ocarina of time which were both quote unquote enhanced remakes but they didn't necessarily really add anything they changed a whole bunch of things you know around. what though but the games are still the same length. So if that's the case... There's, there's a difference between a full-length remake at that time on the Wii U versus the 3DS. Because Nintendo did that back in the Game Boy Advance era, too. They released SNES games for full full retail price. But like you'd, you'd never see that on the GameCube back in that time. And so you wouldn't have saw Ocarina of Time release on Wii U... In its current state, you wouldn't have seen Ocarina of Time 3D release and, and charge the same price for that as you would for Zelda Breath of the Wild. But it was a three-console difference, and they still charge, what was it, $59.99 or $49.99 on release for Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask. And in fact, until recently, Majora's Mask has been almost that same price until it went, uh, was it Games of Gold or whatever? Um, into Right. You know, now it's cheaper. But I, 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 The point I'm trying to make, though, is I think that there's typically smaller-scale games that release on the portable consoles so like ocarina of time was a large scale game released on a less powerful console so by the time that the handhelds was kind of caught up ocarina of time was the equivalent of you know a standard scale game a, a new standard scale game on the 3ds so to me that makes sense to me it, it it doesn't make sense on the Switch. So if you're saying um, if, if Link's Awakening remake was to have been released on the 3DS, it would have been perfectly valid to charge $59.99 for it? Yeah, I think it would have been a, a, a full retail price game on the 3DS without question. Okay. For sure. I mean, yeah. okay. Well, because, I, I mean, I, you, I... you go back to Metroid Samus Returns, though, and, and that was, again, it's the same kind of thing. It's, uh, it's a full-priced, you know, retail retail value game but I, I guess you put it would you put metroid samus returns on the switch and charge 79.99 for it i wouldn't but I then again i wouldn't charge 59.99 for uh ocarina of time remake or majora's master remake either 
Right, but you, you see the point I'm making where, like, the, the scale of those games is similar to, like... Like, Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask 3D are pretty much the same scale as Link Between Worlds. And pretty much the same scale as Metroid Samus Returns, right? Sure. So that's that's where I feel that the price point, charging full retail for those games, is comparable. Or, or is appropriate, rather. But um, it, it's interesting to see where they're going to go that route on uh, on the Switch. I think so. I, I mean, I guess all we can do for now is just wait. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna say that they're either gonna they're gonna release this remake for forty bucks or or you know twenty bucks, whatever that is Canadian, and then or they're gonna add a whole bunch to the game and charge full retail. And you know what? I'm fine with either. Yeah. I just think it's an interesting question. Um. Still weirded out that it doesn't have a subtitle. Yeah, I I don't I don't get it. I'll get over that eventually. I I don't yeah. understand. Um so that was the Nintendo Direct. Uh lots and lots and lots of really cool stuff coming our way. Of course, no release date was given for this. Uh probably I I don't know. I I'm thinking probably the fall some point would make sense for this. Um I kind of jotted down in my notes a couple days ago. I was uh mapping out the year's release schedule with uh, with another writer and uh, kind of penciled in Skyward Sword HD for late summer, early fall. And so since that ain't happening now, I'm just going to do the old switcheroo and uh, guesstimate that Link's Awakening will release somewhere in that time frame. I was saying November, December earlier in the Discord. I, I think so you're probably more correct, or um, I forget who else. Uh, said, somebody said October, and I thought that was a really interesting date, but... I don't know. Um, it's definitely not going to be in spring. I don't think. We'll, we'll be hearing about it at E three. I think. Yeah. Sure. It, so it, it, Adam, I so think. Yeah, that. Or not Adam. Somebody else was saying that uh, they, they might ninja release it during E three. Hey, I'd be down for it. I'm so, I'm so totally down for it. Although I'd rather buy a physical copy, especially if it has that gorgeous artwork on the front. I of it. can't. I can't imagine them not doing a physical release. Yeah. So if if you know, I I need to have that, one way or the other. Um. So yeah, what do you think about this Nintendo Direct? Just to kind of put a bow on it. Um. Hard to, hard to say that this isn't the most exciting direct that we've experienced in quite some time. I, I absolutely agree with that. I said it before, and I'll say it again. This Nintendo Direct, I think, had something for everybody in the Nintendo fandom. And, you know, what everybody's going to have their, their highs and their lows, but I think consistently this Direct hit a lot more highs than it, it ever did lows. Absolutely. Um, and we were hoping that we hit a high on this podcast, on the Champions Cast tonight, uh, covering it for you. We're coming at you early, of course, so we just wanted to thank the listeners again for... Uh, putting up with our, our rough cut that we uh, that we put together tonight. Usually it's a little bit more polished than this, but uh, we know that you guys wanted to hear what Taylor and I thought about this because we are professionals, so uh, we gave it to you early. So there you go. People shut off the show when I said professionals, but that's okay. To any of you guys that are still there, that was the Nintendo Direct, and we're coming at you early, so we're going to have a little bit of a break until next week, but you could definitely expect to be hearing more about Link's Awakening on this show going forward. Uh, any parting, any parting thoughts or uh, final thoughts that you wanna that you wanna share with us, Taylor? Yeah, I I'm you know what, I, it might be unfair of me to say, but then again, not because I gave Wind Waker a chance, and Wind Waker did great for everybody else. So you know what, if you're not liking the art style, all I have to say to you out there is, give it a shot. You know, you might not like Just try it. it. Yeah, you might not like it. You might not uh, enjoy it. But then again, what if it's you know another Wind Waker? What if it's one of the best Zelda games ever? You know, it's not often, but every now and then you say something that makes sense, buddy. I try. You know, I got to do it sometimes. Otherwise, I I wouldn't be here. Well, that's going to do it for us. We're going to go and play Final Fantasy IX now, uh, now that this is out of the way. Get to the good stuff. Um, thank you so much for uh, joining us on this late Wednesday night slash early Valentine's Day 
we know that uh, Taylor and I were really who you wanted to spend your Valentine's Day with, so we appreciate you guys listening. Uh, we hit a huge milestone on the podcast, so keep that support coming in. If you like this show, review it, recommend it, uh, you know, tell your Zelda fanatic friend to check it out. We really appreciate it. Uh, that's it for us this week. We're out of here. We're getting back to uh, to disappointing our loved ones for Valentine's Day like we talked about last week. Head on over to Podbean to iTunes, subscribe, like, comment, review, all of that good stuff. Uh, if you head on over to Twitter, I am at Spateri316. Taylor is at GIF underscore Bluehawk. We're out. Have a safe and happy Valentine's Day. Yeah, happy Valentine's Day, guys. Lots of kisses. Lots of love. The Link's Awakening. <laughs> <laughs>